brown mushrooms. And on that note, welcome to the Super Fun Awesome Happy Time Pedal Show Podcast. My name's Gabor. Hey, welcome along. I'm Alex. Hello, Alex. Hello, Gabor. And usually I've got that lower, don't I? Hang on, this is a live action thing we're doing here. Whoa. Live action. All the dead action stuff's rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wants that? Okay, I've lowered the microphone, so now we can probably hear me better. Yeah, it's better. Mm. Yes, yeah, so welcome to the podcast. I hope you all had a lovely, uh, lovely Easter, if you're into that sort of stuff, of course. Uh, yeah. Because some, some, some people may or may not be into that sort of stuff, but uh, if you are into that sort of stuff, I hope you had a lovely Easter. Uh, did you have a good Easter, Alex? It was good. Just did some family stuff. Um, my nephews are up with uh, my sister and brother-in-law. Ah. And they had lots of chocolate. Unfortunately, it rained all weekend, so yeah. they were a bit stir-crazy by the end of it with chocolate and a new house and two dogs in the house and more rain and nowhere to go. Because usually they come up and we go to the beach and do that stuff and let them run the energy off and the sand. and It's all very lovely and wholesome, but we're kind of stuck in one room, in the lounge room, tearing around with kids and animals and chocolate. Kids and animals and chocolate. Yeah. All the good stuff. Yeah. <coughs> How about you guys? Yeah, we did the same. We just kind of hung around the house and watched the kids uh, get hypo and chocolate. And you too. And um, I'm always hypo on chocolate. <laughs> I'm eating chocolate right now. I'm eating crunky. Mm. Oh, so we went to the Asian grocery again just before and got some treats. I got whatever the hell this is. Do you know what this is? No, but yours is a lot weirder than mine. They look like little mushrooms. I'm going to say mushrooms. They're like... Chocolate mushroom mushrooms. Crunchy little biscuit stalks with a chocolate cap top on it. And they're quite small. You know, like the head of your thumb, maybe. And, um, yeah, they, it's fun. Hang I'm gonna take a photo of the packaging. Do you want to hold one of them? And then I'll put it. Oh, okay. I'll put that li- on Instagram right now. <coughs> mm. Delish. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, we'll hold it like that. See. <laughs> That's the thing that we're eating right now. Got the magic glasses. You can see what we're eating. Yes. Well, if you look at this from a little while, from a few days ago, posted on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <coughs> yes. So uh, yeah, Easter was good. Mm. Um, took a little bit of time off. Um, we kind of took a bit of time off as well. Yeah. Um, from filming this stuff, uh, which is you know sometimes necessary. It's good to have a bit of time away and spend some time with the family. Uh, anyway, um, if you're watching this video, video. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, and you want us to maybe mention, you know, talk about you. Briefly, why not send us a photo of whatever it is you're looking at yeah. uh, while you're listening to this? So you don't have to be in it, just whatever it is you're looking at. Uh, like, for example, Matt Bisson. Uh, hello, Matt. Uh, hi, Gabon. Alex, long-time listener, watcher, first-time emailer. Here's a pic of what I was up to while listening to episode 112, building a new pedal board for wet dry rig. Ooh, I've been playing around with this using two guitar amps, but I wanted to see if I could make an ampler setup using two two-notch torpedo cap M's. It's a bit messy right now, but I'm still <clears throat> trying different ways of wiring it up. Got inspired a while back to try an ampler setup by your videos and had 
put together a mono board, which worked really well so far, so good with this wet dry setup. The sound is really big without getting muddy and it's very cool to be able to uh, try different amps on each side. Have you guys ever tried this thought? So he sent us a picture of his pedal board, which looks like quite a nice pedal board actually. With two cab amps, uh, Benson preamp, uh, Mostronics Tone Meister, uh, Boss TR2, a DM2W by Boss, uh, Juliana um, by Walrus, the, which I think that's the chorus vibrato, is it? The Juliana? Yeah. yeah. Um, then the the Unicorn one, a JHS one, is that the I think it's Univibe? Yeah. And a Gigrig Humdima and a Polyton Chew. So yeah, thank you very much. Um, nice little board, eh? That's a cool, that's a killer little board, Chris. Uh, Matt, Chris, why am I saying Chris? Matt. Thank you so much, Matt. Mm. Um, for sending this to us. <clears throat> uh, we also, uh, Stefan sent us a thing as well. Um, oh, he actually sent us a thing. Um, <clears throat> um, first thing first, Pirate Alex. <laughs> well, that was from last time. Pirate. Second, I really like your idea with the pedal board. Remember, you maybe, you maybe wanted to build some i really like to see either A, an all-Australian-made board, as you suggested, with the hope that maybe some of the pedals have European distribution, be a fanboy board of, say, all DoD or Boss Insert Company name pedals, or yeah. C, a board boards with your 2020 award pedals, like ah. Pedal of the Year pedals. Yeah, cool. Thirdly, <clears throat> the Greco build some very interesting. Looks like they've gone up in price in the last 24 months, and I'm looking forward to your experience with the Obsidian Wireless Kit for... Looking forward to your latest podcast episode. Have an awesome week weekend. Thank you, Stefan. Um, <clears throat> quickly, yeah. uh, sort of Greco. So if you haven't seen it yet, I'll put a link in the description below if I remember. Uh, if not, just go and check out. I did a video on the Greco. Uh, my, I think it's an EG400. Uh, 500. 500. EG500, possibly. Um, but I'm not sure because it's hard to tell. They all have similar sort of specs. and. Yep. And the fact that it's chambered, yes, some that, say only the one. only the um, lower models are chambered. Others say no, the seven hundred because they're sort of if you go up to I think the EG one thousand was like the fanciest model. Yeah, uh, it has a plain top, so which makes me think it's a lower model. Mm. But there's a guy selling a guitar that looks exactly like mine, literally exactly the same from seventy eight. Yeah, on reverb. And he calls it an EG700. I don't think it's a 700 because from my research, the 700 would have a nicer top. Okay. Right. But I'm just going to say 500. Uh, I didn't end up using the um, Obsidian wireless kit. I really wanted to, but I didn't because the Obsidian kits come on mounted onto a board. So right. <clears throat> it's actually like a cartridge kind of looking thing that yeah. you put. It's not separate... Um, Doohickeys. Pots, just connected with wire that you can kind of bend and move around to fit in. Yeah. It's actually on a set board that you can't change. Mm. And uh, Roger, hello Roger, if you're listening, from um, Sigma Chain in Brisbane, he measured it for me, and it's out by about a millimeter to two millimeters, but that's enough, yeah. you know, when it's, it's a thing you can't change. So I did end up buying another wi um, wiring kit, but... I actually didn't end up using that. I just put the Fishman Fluence Classic humbuckers in it. 
Uh, and wide it all up myself, which is a massive pain in the, you know what, but <laughs> <coughs> and I'm not a big fan of doing it, but I did it. Yes, you know. And it works, and I really like that guitar. I'm a massive fan of that, that Greco. Um, so yeah, go check out the video, and we just filmed six videos today, and it's in all six of them. So um, tell us about your soldering experience. Soldering experience? Well, I spent <laughs> most of the time cursing. Yeah. And yelling at yeah. pots and solder uh and i just don't like it uh i did it yeah um, i still have one guitar to finish because i think i wrecked one of the pots because it got too hot and i melted some of the plastic stuff in there yeah. um but um so i had to buy a new pot for the carbon the with the fishman um modern humbuckers modern, yeah modern humbuckers. but yeah i'm not a fan i don't like i don't like soldering don't like it don't want to do it. Don't like it. Not into it. That's okay. You tried. Yeah. <laughs> I tried. I cursed. I'm done. The lesson is never try. No. Just give it to someone else to do. <laughs> um, okay. The board, right? The uh, the idea with putting a pedal board together. Mm. So, you know, other people out there, let us know what your thoughts are. So we got this. I actually just filmed an unboxing video. It's probably not going to be up by the time this, this podcast is. It, actually, no. It won't be up by the time this podcast is out. But not long after, I'm going to do. Um, there's an unboxing video of the mono, uh, mono board, yeah. mono case board. I don't know if that's what you call it, mono board, and uh, the Tysco pedals because it's the same. Band Lab, Lab is the company that owns both. Hmm. Um, they sent it to us. It's quite a nice big board. The only thing I was a bit annoyed about, not annoyed, but it just I found funny. Uh, so it's meant to come. The case is meant to come. The, sorry, the pedal board is meant to come in the mono bag case, mm-hmm. but it didn't. Oh, there's no case so for no it? There's no case, it's just a, just a port. Oh, okay. Which is kind of annoying, but oh well. Poo-poo. Poo-poo. <coughs> well uh, but yeah, so... Uh, as far as the board goes, yeah. which we, I guess we could do all those ideas over the course of the year. Yeah, we can change it, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 thinking with this maybe... So we're going to get... I don't know when it's arriving, but Boss is sending us one of their uh, pedal boards. Mm. The biggest one, the one that it comes in like it looks like a, a suitcase with yeah, like an extendable handle and stuff. Um, maybe that's the one because it's a short-lived one. Like it, we have to send it back. Maybe that's one we should put the twenty twenty pedal of the year pedals on. Could do yeah. Make a pedal of the year board mm. just for something quick. Yeah. Um, that mono one, I would like to make a demo board. So I would like to make a board where stuff is on that we would use for demos. So when we demo amps, if we demo guitars, yep. to have something that's... Like a overdrive, a distortion, a fuzz, a modulation, a delay. Well, well uh, let's, let's, not, let's not get, you know, too behind with things. You know, a overdrive may not necessarily mean one. We could have multiples. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> But like all the food groups covered for yes. demos. Yes, and at least three or four fuzzes. Three or four. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But, um, and no modulation. <laughs> no modulation. Um, yeah, so maybe that. Or, I mean, the, I have thought about maybe should we do an all-Australian board? That'd be cool, yeah. Um, an all-Australian demo board. Because, mm. I mean, we've got some great reverb with uh, beautiful noise Yeah. To, when the sun explodes. Heaps of cool fuzzes. Um, we've got a killer delay from Anarchy Audio. 
Mm. The panning stereo. Um, I was uh, joking about the Kill of the Life of Anarchy audio because that's the really weird one. The, oh, that one, the yes. The blue one. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was jumping into. <coughs> but yeah, we have the, the spots, Op- yeah. Optical tremor. If we do for stereo. That's cool. Um, there's a few good. And all the Mostronic stuff and all the Kink stuff. There's some and cool the pedals on Doomsday. Uh, and Doomsday, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and others. There are others too, aren't there? Yeah. Um, so maybe that. I don't know. We'll see. What does everyone out there think? So, uh, Stefan, there's those three types that he would like to see. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see what we do. One of those. Mm. Uh, another one. Uh, hang on. This one, Lyndon Skies. Sykes. Lyndon Sky- Sykes. My name is Dan or Lyndon. Uh, these are music from your channel. Uh, I had music from your channel and it was really impressive. Really loved your tracks. Um, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, hi, hi, Lyndon. Thank you for sending us a message. Uh, he didn't send a photo, though. He just uh, emailed to say hello. Uh, so hello, Lyndon. Uh, also, actually, okay, so we got this email. This is another email we got from Parker Jones. Does he say what his name is? No, just says Parker Jones. Uh, I was looking for a video on how to set up my ID44 with a patch bay and outboard gear, and I stumbled across your video demonstrating why some people's sounds don't sound like yours. Ah, the video I did about impedance and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I see you have an ID44 patch bay and a hardware connected. While I don't know what you have, I do have a couple of pieces I would like to get set up and routed in the right way so that I can use my hardware's inserts in Pro Tools. My question is, do you have any videos demonstrating how to set this up? No, um, Parker Jones, <clears throat> we don't, Well, but we should do it. But I mean, we could, so for example, patch bay, we sort of talked about patch bays once before, I think. Briefly? Briefly. Briefly. But so, for example, my patch bay, I've got a couple of patch bays. Mm. Um, I've got a couple of patch bays next to my, like where my desk is basically where I sit. And then I've got another couple of patch bays where all the rack stuff is and the um, amps are. And the way I have it set up, so basically, I mean, the only thing I've really got permanently patched into my ID44 is the microphone. So I've got my um, Lewitt LCT440 Pure, which is the microphone that's usually in front of me. That If you watch any videos from my place, that's what I talk through. That's patched into a patch bay, but I've patched it in. Now, I never remember which one is which. Normalized, half normal. And what's the third oh, one? I just forget to. Yeah. So yeah. You, there's different ways of how you can set up the patch bay. But the way I have it set, set up, basically, is it goes, it comes from the microphone, it goes into the back of the patch bay, and then the, the channel just underneath it on the patch bay, it goes from there straight into the, yeah. into the mixer. So if I don't do anything, the signal just travels through it, or not mixer, into the ID44. It just, but I could, for example, insert effects into it if I wanted. So I set it up that way. That if I record and I wanted to, like a song, and I wanted to mm. insert stuff to it, I could. Uh, everything else, the way I, I probably don't have a patch base set up the way it's meant to be set up, but Let's, it works for me because so I've got that like permanently wired in, and then I've got the other four inputs next to it basically. And um, the way I have it is basically I have uh, out of another channel on the patch bay, I've got um, or two channels on a patch bay. Uh, I have because I can run in stereo. I use my, um, I have my um, 
So with so this is with amps, talking with amps. Mm-hmm. So I've got my amps and I've got the Mostronics amp switcher and there's a couple of amps that go through the Mostronics amp switcher into my two notes torpedo live. And the line out of that goes into the patch bay and comes out in one thing. So I can take that and patch it into one of the other channels. Mm-hmm. And then I've got another line of amps which go into the two notes torpedo captor that then goes into a cab um, the old cab, not the cab M, the old cab. Yeah. Uh, and then it comes out of another line. So it can run in stereo technically and I can patch them into two channels on the on the, um, on the ID44 interface. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in that same patch bay have, for example, there's, in most videos you can see the, there's like a synth Arturia Mini Brute, there's a drum machine underneath it. They'll go into there as well. And then I can at any time take them and patch them into any of the four, of the four technically inputs. So that's the way I have it sort of set up that I have the patch bay basically next to my desk has all my synthesizers and um, like the uh, uh, um, Mother 32 and the DFAM and all that stuff that I've got sitting next to my desk all goes into that. And there's a big keyboard that's there as well and a couple of other synths mostly. They all go into this. Um, and then from there I can patch them into the, into the, um, the patch, the, the, uh, uh, interface. The other patch bay is a patch bay where I can basically, all it does at the moment is there are some channels that run to and, to and back, like both directions. Well, it is both directions anyway, but there's a whole bunch of channels that run to the patch bay where all my racks are. And I have those, so I can, basically I have a bunch of channels. I think I have six channels. Mm-hmm. So three stereo channels or six channels where I can run. So for example, I've got the guitar, right? Coming out of the torpedo. It comes out of the patch bay. Uh, I could, or, or a synthesizer, let's say synthesizer, even easier. I've got a synth coming out of the top patch bay. I can go into one of the bottom patch bays, which goes to the patch bay that's set up in the back where all the racks are. There, all the racks are patched into that patch bay, so I can patch one of the racks into it, and then it comes back. When you say racks, you mean like effects units? Effects racks, yeah, yes. effects racks. So, um, yeah. um, which you can sort of always see behind me. There's a whole bunch of rack units behind me mm. uh, in the video, and so I, that's the way I've got it set up. The other way I also have it set up is um, all the amps. The uh, or not the amps. The uh, yeah, I can I can basically route. Um, uh, effects in before they go to the amps. So I have a. Um, I should probably go, I should probably do a video of it. I've got this little um, radial box, which basically my uh, uh, that's when I plug a guitar in. The cable goes into that radial box, and out of that it splits into two. Right, it's like an AB box, ABY box basically, mm. and those two come out of the patch bay. Right, the two channels. Now from there I patch the amps in. Yeah, but I did it that way so I could, before it hits the amp, I could technically go into an effects rack unit and out of the effects rack unit then into the amp. So I have Mm -hmm. it set up so it can go either way. Or if I want it after the amp because it's like a distorted sound, instead of using effects loop and stuff, because it all goes through the torpedo anyway, I could, after it goes through the two notes torpedo, the cap simulation, I could go after that into an effects unit Mm -hmm. and then back into logic. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. So that's the way I've got it set up at my place, basically. Basically, 
And te- oh, yeah. sorry. And technically, like this as well, if I were to use uh, effect send, like a send from the interface, that could then also go into any of the rack units, effects units, or I've got compressors and stuff there too. So you could then, for example, if you've recorded vocal, you could run it through the outputs on the interface. They come out of the patch bay as well, the outputs. Mm-hmm. I could then from there go into the effects rack units and back. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. Cool. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Uh, over to you. <laughs> yeah, nice. So how do you have, so with yours, how do you have your setup? Um, Is it so basically with most of them that they go through or, because I mean, that's how you're technically meant to do it, isn't it? No, there's no right and wrong. It depends what okay, what, it's what being use it used for. for. Yeah. So with my stuff, it's, all my preamps in the studio are through the console, and then it goes to the converters, which are all line level. So unlike a, um, a small interface which has mic preamps on it, this is all line level. So, um, on which one basically means you need to have a preamp before it. Mm, that's what yeah, we, yeah, that's what just saying for Peter. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I said. With use the console for all the preamps. Yeah, and so one of the patch bays is just all continuous. Through, uh, through from the console into one for one across 16 channels of IO. Ah, uh, okay. In. And then if you want to insert things like a compressor or an EQ, you can just do that in front. Okay. All it does, yeah. all it does is break the chain. Yeah. Inserting something. Yeah. So that's, yeah, whatever, half normal, normal, whatever it's called. Yeah, I forget the, all the terminology, but yeah. There's three different types you can mm. do. One where it's a straight in out. Yep. One where it goes from the top plug to the bottom plug. Yep. And where if you insert something, mm. it still goes through. Yes. So it kind of spits the signal. And then the other one is where as soon as you insert something, it breaks the thing. So there's the three different ways. I never know which one's which. But it just depends what sort of gear you're using. Like if it's, if you want, is it like pro audio line level stuff? If, if Do you have like a... Hardware output compressor you're putting on vocals and drum buses and stuff, or is it an effects unit? Well, he's got here. He's got the stuff he's using. Like he's got an um, ART Pro VLA two. Oh, he's got DBX two sixty six XL. I was actually list of stuff. He's got a list and then like synths and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um. So with that sort of stuff, yeah. I mean, you can. Yeah. With the ID forty four, you've got good routing options. And they're cheap too. Just grab one and and it'll say on the instructions. Yeah. Instructions how to um wire up your patch bay and See, I, for, for it. I, I found I really like it's a little bit dearer but I've and we're not sponsored by them uh, the Samson S patch mm-hmm. something like that I think it's called okay. which instead of with most patch bays I think you have to physically take the plugs out and flip them over and stuff like that don't you if you yeah, yeah. oh the Nordic one you do yeah um, with this one you've got a little switch in the front a three way switch and you switch it to whichever way you want it to be yeah. and pretty much all my patch bays except for the one you gave me mm. they're all like that um, and it's just really easy that way yeah like it's, you know, it's yeah it's, it's not hard or tricky you just get one and no 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 you just get one it. and you get used to it you get yeah. you work out your work, workflow of what gear you have and how you use the gear and yeah. so especially I find with a smaller interface like the ID44 which is the same as I got which has got really four I mean you've got via Spitif and stuff you can have more but mm. um, if you just have those four inputs I think to me the best way to go about it is run those four channels into the patch base so you can plug anything into it at any time yep. 
that's just a, probably the easiest way to do. And then you've got things like your synths, you know, are there too. And then you just get a little cable and you plug it into whatever channel you want it into. And if you have external gear, like if you want to run your synth into uh, the whatever the DBX compressor, sure, yeah, you just get a little cable and you plug it into where on the patch bay your compressor is, and then the output from the compressor you plug into your ID forty four again. I think that's the easiest way to go about it. So, it's, mm. but um, it's not difficult. It seems hard. I think we did a whole episode on patch bays at one stage, or we talked a lot about patch bays yeah. in one episode. And I was a bit, whew, you know, and this is me. Yeah, over my head. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but once you once you kind of get it and you sort of understand it, it's not that difficult to to work out patch pay. But um, but anyway, uh, uh, thanks Parker Jones for sending us an email and asking. It's it's always you know ask a question if there's anything you want to know, ask us. Um, so yeah, and if if you if you want uh, us to talk about you know send us an email, let us know what your thoughts are. Um, uh, and yeah, if you can send us a photo of whatever your surroundings are, so you don't have to be in it. Just if you listen to this while you, it's always interesting to know. Do you listen to this in the car? Do you listen to this at home? A lot of people listen to this while they go for walks. In the nude. Yeah. Uh, if you're in the nude, you don't have to show us. You can just tell us. Um, um, yes. So uh, uh, that's that. Good then. Covered nudity and patch bays in one go. And while I'm eating the last bit of crunky... How is your crunky? Crunky is good. Right on. I'm not crunky at all. Um, Getting crunky with it. Any Anything new gear-wise for you, Alex? Mm. Um, so been investing in a bit of pro audio stuff for live sound, but it's not really guitar stuff. Yawn. So, um, not particularly. Oh, I need to chase that guy up. I was going to buy a um, BB preamp exotic one ah BBB just before Easter and there was a small lockdown here for a few days and it happened there and then he said oh I'll do it after Easter <coughs> now it's after Easter and hasn't done it yet yeah so um, yeah I want to check out one of those I've always wanted to try one it's a blues breaker thing yeah yeah and exotic stuff is generally good BB stands for that's what BB stands for yeah so it gives you back your BB bounce yeah, so... It's <laughs> um, a Barocca. I need to... Barocca gives you back your BB bounds. It does. Well, say they claim. It does. Totally and, does. Um, yeah, I should chase that up this afternoon. And, um, so that could be fun. I bought two pedals on eBay. Mm. Yeah. Out of control. How wild am I? Do another mushroom? <laughs> mm, Is this magic? No. Magic. These are the weird kind of... Very interesting looking little mushrooms. <laughs> Won't Check the Instagram photo. Yep. Um, um, yeah, I bought um, two pedals that went really cheap. Cheap. And I just... I can use like a vulture. I, I was in there. Um, first, I bought an old... Um, I mean, really, jokes on me. I wanted to buy one of those for years, and I never did, because they were always really cheap and easy to get back in the days. But... Yeah. Um, uh, one of the old black big box Russian um, soft tech big muff. Yeah, cool. Um, not sure which version. It's not like an old old version, but it's one of the black ones in the bigger box. Mm, yeah, cool. And it went really cheap. And I thought, in in Australia, even in Perth. So I mean, that's further away than most countries are from wherever it is you people sit yeah. and listen to this. But 
It's like on the complete opposite end of Australia, which What's is huge. The, it's like five hours flight or something. It's I think a five hour flight. Yeah. From here. It's it's far. Mm. Um, I mean, considering it's almost the same kind of kilometers from coast to coast in in Australia to like almost entire Europe yeah. in, in width yep. in, in in you know flying across so it's like saying yeah well I'm in I'm in Portugal and this is coming from Norway yeah. <laughs> just around the corner exactly um pretty much yes <laughs> it is probably similar distance yeah. yeah um yeah so I bought that that's on its way um but yeah it'll be a few days because Perth is a bit of a longer distance <laughs> and then uh, as we established uh, and I also bought just because it's cheap. I'm a big fan of rats. I like mm. rats, rat pedals. Um, if you're, you know, a, a regular of this show, um, and especially the videos, you know that I like rats. And uh, one of the sort of newer ones is called a fat rat. And it's always, I've always, every time you see it anywhere, it's quite expensive. Mm. They're not cheap. And yeah, one came up really cheap in the US, and I don't think anyone bid on it. Yeah. Right. And I just, I think it was one of those things where I put the starting bid in. Because, um, you know, I've probably mentioned this before. One of the things that annoys me, and you can't change it, is on, on eBay, you get your 15-minute notification. You know, it, go, it goes, this yeah. will... On your phone. On your phone, yeah. expire in 15 minutes. So put get your bid in. I wish you could change it to, like, two minutes or something like that. Because the thing is, usually, I get the notification, and I'm in the middle of doing something. And I go, oh, re- oh, yeah, I really want that. I'll remember that. And then, of course, I don't remember it. 16 minutes later. Oh, 16, no. Yeah. Well, it usually is like that. 16 minutes later, you go, no! <laughs> or you get to it Every just time. as it goes, three, two, one, and you kind of quickly try to put the bit in it. Just punching your phone, trying to get numbers in. Um, so with this one, I think I got the 15-minute notification, and I just put in the starting bit. And I just went, ah, if I get it, I get it. If not, I don't. And I think I got it. Cool. Or not, I think I got it. I got it. Um, so I got a fat rat. So oh. the only one I haven't got is the solo rat. I've got all the other rats. I've got uh, even the rack. Rack rat? Rack rat. Rack rat. The R2DU. D2. D2. R2DU. <laughs> That's what it is. Something like that. It's some, like R2D2, but not. Yeah. I think it's R2DU. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, so I've got those two coming. I bought those two. Um, mm. So yeah, that's kind of going to be kind of cool. So what's the fat? Is that just... Like bigger bass frequencies or something? Or is it it just... is. Hang on, I'll, 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 I will tell you. I'm going to go to the website. Um, uh, Do you even know, man? So the fat rat. Here we go. Fat rat. It has two little switches up the top. We can go between stock and fat, and the other switch is between stock and MOSFET. Okay. The fat rat is the newest member of the rat family. Using the highly acclaimed 1985 White Rat reissue Rat as our platform, we added a bass enhancement circuit, a brand new switchable clipping section, and a whole lot more. Uh, clipping section is switchable between silicon clipping, as in the classic Rat, and MOSFET germanium clipping section, which is entirely new to the Rat line. Oh my god. The MOSFET clipping section gives you subtle scoop and smoothing in the upper mids throughout the entire gain range of the pedal, and makes the pedal sound more amp-like and natural. Right on. Socketed op amp. What? Socketed. Yeah, it's a funny word. Socketed. So is there more switches on there? Mm-hmm. So there's a socketed op amp. The pedal will ship with the current stock chip OP07DP. However, changing to the mythical LM308 or other com- compatible chips will be 
quick and simple mod that can be can oh sold to free. <laughs> now you're talking. To now me. you're talking to me. Language, yeah. The fat switch provides a significant base boost and simulate a simultaneous high cut. This makes the pedal more suitable for bass guitar, lower tunings, as well as fattening up and soothing low gain settings, making this a good candidate for overdrive use. Well, there you go. So that's a fat rat. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. There you go. Fat rat. Sweet. And then speaking of new things, so things that were sent to us. Uh, mm. We're already talking about the um, uh, mono case pedalboard. But so Tysco, which is the same company, Band Lamp, a band lab that uh, owns uh, Mono, I think it's Mono Creators, is that what they call it? Mono Creators. Uh, they own uh, Tysco, they own Harmony Guitars, they own Heritage Guitars, and a few other things, I think, like mu a few music publications and stuff like that. Hmm. So they sent us three Tysco pedals. Yo. They sent us the Fuzz, because it's a Fuzz. They sent us a distortion, which is a fuzz. Oh, distortion. Which is a distortion, yeah. and they sent us the interface. Also a fuzz. Well, it can be. <gasps> oh my god, <laughs> mind blown! So um, we actually today we did a vi we filmed uh, we did six videos today, mm. uh, two of which were Tysco pedals. So we did the um, fuzz and a distortion. Yeah. So Alex, thoughts? Yeah, they're cool. Like we checked out the delay, which I is it just called the delay? I think it's just called delay. Yeah. Yeah. It's good names, like yeah. direct. You know what you get. Very to the point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, what was that like? A year or two ago? Maybe two years ago? Uh, was yeah. it pre-COVID? Yeah, definitely. I think it was pre-COVID. It was around the time when we did the um, Rev competition. Definitely. Because that was um, Melinda. Melinda's, yeah. And yeah. I think she came over to pick up the the Rev pedals she won. And she dropped off a few pedals for us to do videos with. Yeah. So we've sort of dabbled in the the lineup before with the delay. And these ones are the same kind of the type of... Oh, there's one here. Same type of housing. It's kind of like this cast... This is, I think it's steel. I don't think it's aluminium. It feels like I steel. think it's zinc, it says. Oh, zinc. Yeah. That's good. Won't get sunburnt. So the um, it's kind of this cool rounded edged housing... And, just saying, sorry, I just look on the website. So the, the the pedals they have. Yes. Just guess what they do. Is the boost? Is it a fuzz? No. Okay. They've got the delay. Is that a fuzz? No. Oh. They've got the fuzz. Is that a delay? No. Oh. <laughs> Go to the other thing you always say. That's a fuzz. They've got the overdrive. <laughs> Is that a fuzz? Yes. They've got a distortion. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> and then they've got the interface. That's the pedals they've got. But they they have this cool like. It's sort of like mod con meets futuristic vibe with the rounded corners on the housing and it's very Japanese. Name. Yes. It looks very, very, very Japanese to me. Very simple, minimalistic layout. Well the fuzz, yeah, and I mean if the fuzz is white on white, so it's basically yeah. with black writing. Um, I like I do like the other pedals almost a bit little bit better than the fuzz because they have these kind of shape, mm. geometric shapes on it and stuff and they look they look really cool. And the slightly texture too there. Yeah. The, um, you can feel the bumps mm. of the stuff, yeah. They're cool pedals. They're very cool pedals. So, but that's um, just visually. Just visually. Now, okay, fuzz, sound-wise. Yeah, it's kind of like the Fox Time Machine type thing Fox. with your ox. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's just annoying now. <laughs> Good. Just with the um, octave up fuzz thing. We've checked out a few of those type yeah. circuits there with the, yeah. the warm and the 
Dan Electro one, uh, three six nine nine five five three K. Three six nine nine, yeah. Which um, is on a on a phone if you spell fuzz. Yes, that's yeah. the numbers. Yeah. Uh, and the kink pedals. Kink then, yeah, the what right. was that called? The high horse. Mm, that's right. Um, them, huh? Yeah, there were a couple of them. Um, yeah, so that's it's pretty f- cool. It does go a little bit wackier, I think. Yeah, <coughs> probably does. Yeah. Mm. Especially with the tone knob, it kind of gets this like super filter thing when you turn it up. It doesn't just get brighter, but it's got it's like this bandpass nasally filter thing. And it's got a massive gate on it. Yeah. Which is cool. And it's almost like a, the front of the gate is interesting because if you play softly with the octave on, like with your thumb, the flesh, flesh of your fingers or the thumb, without a pick, you can almost get this soft attack synth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool fuzz. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, okay, distortion. Yeah, it's cool. So that's a boost and distortion in one. It's not wacky. It's not. No, but it's 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 quite versatile again as well. Yeah. There's lots of sounds there. Um, one thing I liked about it was it did overdrive sounds well. Some distortions just go like less gain and a bit crap, and then yeah. go distortion really yeah. good. But this kind of went through the low gain and medium gain stuff nicely as well. Yeah. So if you want a crunchy like high overdrive sound, like low distortion thing, it does that well. Yeah. And then you want the stupid distortion, it does that well. Stupid, the good distortion. <laughs> stupid amount. Stupid amount, yeah. And, yeah, and the boost is separate, so you can, yeah. you, you have you have quite a different, few different options of sounds on, mm. that, on that pedal. And it looks cool. It does. Uh, it's the main thing. Speaking of pedals that have good range of gain that go from overdrive to high gain, uh, we also received, and the unboxing video is already out, um, Three pedals from Lawrence Petros Design, LPD mm. pedals. Uh, we've got the 68, the 74, and the 87. The 68 is sort of his take on a plexi. Let's just start with that. Yeah. His take on a plexi in a box. Um, uh, and the thought behind it was he wanted a pedal that if you use backline... He's quite an accomplished player himself, Lawrence. Yeah, he's quite a good player. Yep. Uh, and he teaches a lot of guitar as well. And I guess maybe he used to do a lot of gigs where he used to play backline stuff. Yeah. And um, uh, he wanted something that if you get like a Fender amp as a backline to get a really good martial sound. Mm. So it had to be versatile. It had to be um, well-built and sturdy. Yeah. And it had to sound good. And I think he kind of nailed all three of those. Mm. The um, I kind of end up doing a similar thing with setting up my pedal board around a Fender amp because that's often, like I say, backline is yeah. often Fenders. Yeah. And especially if it's a tween or something, that top end is just so in your face. Yeah, and so scooped as well. Yeah, so having that, and his EQ points are really, really good on yeah. all three of them. Yeah, the EQs are great. <clears throat> and you can push the high end all the way up and it doesn't no. get... And you go crazy vice versa, you can go all the way down. Yeah. And it doesn't just go, it doesn't sound like you're playing next door. The, pl- the guy next door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's it's very well, um, very well balanced EQs. Mm. Uh, so 68, thoughts? Yeah, it's cool. It's very much like I've never owned a Plexi. No. No. I'd like to. Yes. But it sort of. From all the classic tones you've heard and things you see on YouTube and all that kind of stuff, 
it's the probably the one that nails that sound the best I've heard. Yeah, yeah. And it evokes that kind of playing out of you too. Especially, well, I, I played that Greco a mm. lot through it. and Les Pauli. The Les Pauli kind of, the very not authentic guitar. And the <laughs> Fano actually as well, sounding yeah. really good through that. Yeah, cool. Especially the P90s get that P90s sort of sound really, really good. This Paul Junior thing, it's a bit of a classic rock. Okay, the '74. Deal. So that's basically his take on more mm. like a JMP style. Yeah, I think he also it's sort of a plexi slash JMP kind of mix with a bit of extra gain. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's cool. It's um less <coughs> mid forward than the um early 68. plexi one, yeah. early plexi sound. So that's um. It's probably a little bit more versatile as a overdrive. Yeah. But the other one's really cool. Yeah. It just, yeah. Definitely has a voice. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's cool. I think we both agree. It's probably. It's I don't know. It's like one of those sounds that's really cool, but maybe not a favorite out of the lineup. And you're it's, not it's quite sure why. Out of the three, my least favorite. Yeah, and I'm not sure why. Mm. Um, I just for some reason the '68 and '87 I'm more drawn towards. Yeah. Uh, okay, well then, 87. So the 87 is his take on a JCM 800, a modern mm. JCM, a JCM 800. Yep, and a hot rod plexi. And a hot rod plexi yeah. with a Jose Mont, whatever his name is. <laughs> um, um, but guy. I've heard, you hear it often, the, the Jose Mod, that was sort of one, he was one of the guys that <laughs> sneezed a lot and through sneezing hot rodded. Uh, Marshalls. No, but he was, I think, one of the guys in LA that mm. was one of the first guys to sort of mod a lot of the circuits. And I think people like Steve Vai went there, and, and yeah. I, most likely guys like Eddie Van Halen too. And yeah, and he kind of modded them to get more gain. I've definitely heard of the Jose mod, even um, Cherriotone Nick from yeah, has done yeah. versions of his yeah Marshall clients with that mod. So it's definitely a thing. But um, yeah, it's cool. The so the that pedal has the two voicings from those two circuits. Yeah, the green and the red voicing. And the um, and they're quite different, aren't they? Like, they're very different, yeah. Surprisingly, like gain characteristics and tone. Well, one's one's smoother, one's fizzier. Yeah. But then the smoother one has maybe more bottom ends, and the fizzier one is less. It's tighter. It's a bit more chugga chugga. Hmm. I think the the, hot, the red one was the hot rodder. Yeah. Plexi wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, felt like that was. A bit more blown out and like almost that larger than life. Yeah, blown out. It's still tight. Yes, not not blown out as in the bottom end. It's just the the character of the overdrive. Yeah. And distortion. Hmm. But that one did low gain really well too. That pedal. They're all three of them did low gain. Well, from low gain to high gain. Yeah. Well, I mean, a sixty-eight didn't go as high gain. Be actually interesting to to boost it. Put a boost in front of it. Yes. There's another video. There's another video we can do in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So very impressed with all three pedals. Yeah. Very. So that, cool. that's one of those ones where I, I, I think I've heard the name around, but I never thought much of it. And then we sat down. I remember sitting at this was at Forty Two Gear Street, mm. at, at, at Henning's. I think in Henning's brother's garage we were sitting, um, and I was sitting there with, I think with Mike, CGS Mike. Oh yeah. Um, I was sitting there with RJ, mm -hmm. with uh, Phil McKnight, um, Steve from Boston, 
and maybe maybe Glenn Fricker as well. I think Glenn was maybe there as well. Yeah, not hundred percent sure. Um, and if you ever sit, and I mean, I'm, I'm saying this in the nicest possible way. If you ever sit uh, in a group of people with Phil McKnight, no one gets a word in. He just, I mean, <laughs> he's a he's a he's an insane fountain of knowledge. That man, the yeah. stuff he, it's just amazing. But he just talks nonstop, and he he is for lack of a better word, quite a loud American. <laughs> but he's a lovely man, lovely, lovely man. And anyway, we're sitting there and they were talking. Somehow, something came up with pedals. Uh, I mean, of course, we're sitting at a freaking pedal and gear event. Um, but I don't know if it was RJ or someone mentioned Lawrence Petros. as. For, we, I think we were talking about pedals that, Maybe because we're looking at the rev pedals there, because they had the three rev pedals then saying how yeah. good they were and amp like and stuff like that. And I think maybe it was RJ who sort of said, Oh, who tried out Lawrence Petro's design pedals because to me, they're the most, to him, they're the most, they really are like an amp. Sure. You know, it's not a pedal, it's like you're almost like you're playing an amp. Definitely. And it was just funny, all of the people there, um, like Phil McKnight and Steve from Boston, and I think Glenn too, Glenn Fricker. All almost at the same time go, oh, yeah, they're the best. Right. Um, and it was sort of, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so instead of this big conversation, oh, I think this one, no, I think this one, they all kind of go, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they are really good. And that was it. That's, that's sort of when I heard from there, from, from that. And, and and I think it was when I used to um, play late gigs on Saturday nights and I used to come home and I always used to watch RJ's live stream and be sort of in the comments and stuff. Mm. And Lawrence quite often is part of that live stream. Uh, I think maybe he's in between teaching or something like that because he teaches guitar, I'm pretty sure. And he goes, okay, you know, after a while he goes, okay, i got to go. And I think Lawrence was there and I was there. And then I think it was Arja was saying, oh, Lawrence, you should really talk to Gabor. Yeah, cool. And you should, you know, send mm -hmm. him some of your pedals. And so I think it was RJ who kind of hooked us up, which is, thank you, RJ. Uh, and yeah, so we've been talking for ages and he always said, um, I'll send you a care package. He always called it a care package. Yeah, lovely. Uh, and then COVID happened because, you know, this was sort of late 2019 and then I think coming into early 2020, I think that was just around the time also when he updated his his um, logo and all the design of the pedals. Mm -hmm. They look really cool now. I think he, he went through like a whole, um, what do you call it? Like a corporate image thing. Rebranding. Rebranding kind of thing. Yeah, yeah right. Okay. So I think he was saying, I'll send you some stuff, but I'm just about to do some rebranding. Yeah. We'll do it after. And then COVID happened mm. and then everything got put on hold. And then it was recently he messaged me again out of the blue and he said, oh, I still haven't sent you a care package, have I? And I said, no. <laughs> and he goes, okay, I'll send you stuff. Cool. That's all he said. He didn't say what he was going to send me. Okay, I've seen it, seen Brett. What are the... Pedals does he make? I haven't actually looked at his... They're all kind of like that. I think he just released a new delay, which I was kind of, why didn't he send it to us? But um, yeah. it's all, I think it's mostly these sort of Marshall in a box kind of pedals. He does deluxe versions too, which have a boost or a, maybe this 87 deluxe has maybe both sides separately, the red and the green side. Oh, yeah. LPD pedals is the... Sorry? The web, if you're looking up the website, it's LPD yeah. pedals. Yeah, dot com. Uh, <clears throat> um, sorry, I'm getting allergies. My nose is all funny now. Um, Enough mushrooms. It's all those mushrooms. Uh, but yeah, really cool pedals. Um, uh, very, very impressed. 
So um, that's the, LP, the LPD stuff. We also got, while people were sending us lots of stuff... The rival delay. Yeah, which I think it just released. Sweet. Um, the good people from Headrush Australia sent us the Headrush Looper board as well, mm. which um, is big. It's very big. Does it give you Headrush? I haven't seen it yet because it went to your place. Then. You've been noodling with it? Uh, uh, once. I tried it out once, just yeah. briefly, uh, for our first impressions video. But... Um, it's fairly s roughly straightforward mm -hmm. how to use it. But yeah, so it's basically like four loopers in one. Yeah. Um, it's quite... There's a lot going on, let's say that way. Sure. But all four inputs are combo, combo plugs, so you can either plug a, like an instrument cable or an XLR cable in. Yeah. You've got stereo outputs, but I think you also have a monitor output, possibly. Oh. Like you can route the routing is quite in depth. You've got lots of USB plugs, <laughs> so there's lots of stuff you can do. Yeah. Um, expression plugs. There's lots going on. Cool. I think possibly even an effects loop. Mm -hmm. And it's got amp sims in it. Uh, so, you, but then you also have a lot of like studio gear, like compression, like studio style compression in it, and. Okay studio effects and stuff and and it's quite there's a lot going on it's very big and very heavy mm -hmm. um but yeah i'll have to go through it and see yeah, and cool. it came with a photocopy manual and there's about you know there's a lot wow nice um i don't know how much is that like, like four centimeters oh yeah three or four yeah two inches for people that are into that sort of stuff i mean people that are wrong and living in the people dark, that are wrong and dark yeah, ages yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's eventually there'll be a video coming with that. Mm. Um, See, I love the idea of loopers, but I just don't have the use for one. You don't do solo gigs, do you? No, but well, even like in a band situation. Well, I'd never use it in a band situation. People can, you know, loop things and play a jam. Just don't See, play with that kind of bands. See, I think what, what would be kind of cool with this yeah. would be, like, for example, playing with someone like Dion, mm. like doing a duo acoustic duo or even for example little story yeah a few years ago i used to play in this trio we used to play every week um at a bar which is now a pharmacy because <laughs> cool. they got shut down it's anyway probably, a little bit. probably a pharmacy back then too <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah uh no anyway we used to i think every saturday night we used to play there or friday it was friday or saturday night for i don't know a couple of years yeah. uh great venue it, it, so we were a trio with Jeff um, and Dion. Hmm. So um, our friend Jeff and, and Dion. And Dion's a sax player. He's been on a few of our videos. Um, Jeff is another friend of ours. Uh, who So Jeff originally was a drummer, but then like a lot of drummers, he started playing guitar and singing and stuff. And anyway, in this trio, what we usually did was Jeff played some guitar, but he also had uh, like percussion set up in front of him. Yep. And then he had Dion on the sax and he had me on the guitar. And what we would often do is we would, um, Jeff would play something on the drums, on percussion, and I, or, or even start off playing guitar, and I would often play like a bass line or something with a harmonizer on the acoustic. So oh, yeah. I would, you know, go, I, I used to have my whammy on my acoustic then. Hey, cool. And I'd go an octave down on the whammy and play a bass line. Um, and then maybe after that, he would drop out with the guitar and start playing percussion. 
and then I would add maybe a rhythm guitar part, mm-hmm. and then he'd have Dion playing saxophone over it. So it was a trio, but it it often sounded like a full band almost, yeah. because he had it was all acoustic guitars and stuff and mm. percussion, but there was a lot of layering going on and stuff like yeah, that. Cool. In a band like that, that would have been cool because we could have almost looped the percussion as well because yeah. we have four separate inputs. And then fire Jeff. And fire Jeff. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, just he he does it and then go. Yeah. Um, uh, no, but you could have had you know percussion and you could have possibly had saxophone, so he could have almost done. Like harmonies with himself, and mm. you know some of the horn stabs and stuff in parts. He could have had multiple layers. Yeah, uh, I think for something like that, it would be kind of cool because you can, and one person controls it all. That's the only thing. Yeah. You do have expression stuff. So one that if you can hook up expression, so stop. someone else can do start, stop, and record for one of their loops. Yeah. You know, you can maybe you can hook something like that up. Well, but I mean, having four completely separate loopers that you can run, but they're synced. That's mm. the thing. Yeah, because um, I mean, for solo, for what I would do with it, what I might try out with it is loop, loop some vocal stuff, mm. and I usually loop guitar anyway. So, yeah. Um, but other than that, I think it's too, it's too. I'm not that kind of looper. Yeah, uh, I'm just a very basic looper. See, I've had this like, band idea kicking around for oh, a long time now, like eight, okay. eight or ten years. Ukulele metal. Yeah. Okay, I've had the second band idea, kick <laughs> and it's. It's basically like doing live dance versions of like eighties pub tunes and nineties. Okay. Uh, instead of playing Oasis sitting in the corner of a pub, do like live. What's wrong with that? I did that last night. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, oh, oh, yeah. So basically, you can um, maybe a three piece might be cool, and you could like do like acoustic guitar but with live like EDM beats. See. And this makes it very danceable, and also, if you do like corporate and wedding ch- gigs, you could be at any volume. So if your corporate v- venue says, "Oh, we've got a dB le- limit of 11, you 11 can dB, yeah. you can still get in under the, the limit. Under you don't dB. have a drummer to worry about acoustically, and it makes it sound really modern, really pop, fresh sounding stuff. But you're playing all the same pub songs you've been playing forever. On ukulele. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, there's a there's a, a, a guy named Brisbane, um, Darren Darren Muller. Yeah, he has a band called Deluxe EDM. Yes, just like that. It's kind, of, but he's a drummer, so there's yeah. always drums there. But he has it all backing tracks. He does, yeah. And apparently, I've never played that gig with him, but apparently, goes uh, two bars of C, D minor. You know, it tells yeah. you in the in ears. Yeah. He gets different players all the time, and they know how, what to do because mm. it tells them in the in ear what to do. Mm. Yep. And he counts them in and stop coming. Three, oh, you know, one, two, on the one, one, two, three, <laughs> four. You know, yeah. it's all in the in That's kind of cool. But because um, <laughs> it's looping, you could jam stuff. Yeah. And so if you had something like a SPDS or a, like a drum pad and you could play those live loops in, like live drum loops with, with sticks and then build away. Yeah, just like you. You need one. Yeah. You need a headbrush. Sure. Do you know anyone has one? Uh, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> but something like that, and horns, and maybe a girl singer, and you've got a killer corporate band act, and then it's only at eleven dB. Yeah, at eleven dB, and it's only three or f- maybe four people. Yeah. Well, there you go. Let's do it. It's not like a nine-piece show band with horns and keys and. Have you done it yet? The big animal. 
Yes. What about now? How about now? Yeah, um, yeah well, there you go. We could, we could try something like that with the head rush. Mm. Be cool. Because, I mean, that's the other thing. You don't need to bring amps and stuff because you have built-in amps. Yeah. Uh, when the head rush stuff is pretty, fairly good. Um, My original idea was to still have acoustic guitars there. So if you want to do mellow stuff, Fleetwood Mac tunes or something. Might just get the acoustic guitar simulator, mate. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> Who's that? Don't worry about it. And uh, So you can still do like dinner sets at a corporate event. And then if you want to kick it up a gear, just keep playing and change songs. Well, there you go. Mm. Done. Yeah. So if anyone wants to steal that idea, that's no, Alex's idea. Knock yourself out. Just don't do it around here. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. Well, it's out there. So the head rush. So uh, I'll, I'll check it out and see what, what the goes with it. I still have the gig board as well. It's been, I don't know, a couple of years since we've had it. And it's, they said, I oh, will send you details on when it gets picked up. So I've put it in a box and it's been sitting there in the box and they haven't sent me any details on when they're going to pick it up. Yep. So I've had it for a couple of years. But anyway. Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah. Um, was there anything else? Is there anything else coming? Just trying to think. Oh, yeah. We're getting another pedal sent to us by... Hang on. What, what, what are they called again? Uh, where are they? Missing Link Audio. Mm. Uh, the guys from Missing Link, Mark from Missing Link Audio. Uh, oh yeah, so they were originally going to send us, I think we mentioned it quickly, the a Germanium Peacock Overdrive they were going to send to us. But he said, would it be okay if I send you a new pedal, the Magician Pedal? Magic. Magician Pedal. Uh, attack, attached. That's what it looks like for Alex. Yeah, it looks sick. Uh, it looks really cool. Missing Link Audio. Um, uh, so, yeah, so that's on its way. That's I think I got the shipping notification for that already. Um, did we... Yeah, we talked about the Dreadbox stuff already, haven't we? Yeah, we talked about it last time. Mm. Um, yep. Because that was really, really cool. Yeah, we haven't really done videos for a little while now. We had like a week off because of Easter and because of this lockdown. And I had to go into... I actually had to isolate for three days because I was Absolutely. near a hotspot. Mm. Um, when we're driving home, Toasty. Uh, we stopped for lunch in uh, Greater Brisbane, which later became Greater Brisbane became a hotspot. Lesser Brisbane. Um, well, Logan, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry if you're from Logan, but um, I'm really sorry if you're from Logan. Um, um, yeah, so we stopped it for lunch on the way through and from the Gold Coast, and uh, that was declared a hotspot. So we uh, we had to isolate for three days. Um, so yeah, we didn't get to film last week, but mm, cool. and Easter and all that sort of stuff. Uh, how are we going for time? Holy moly, that was an hour. Just about already. Bloody hell. That went quick. So we haven't really talked about anything, Crikey. really. Oh, we talked about Patch Bay. Yeah, it's dribbling. And just, yeah. <laughs> um, so hopefully, I, I do, I know I, I say it all the time, but I want to line up some guests. So, um, there, uh, I did talk to, um, Matt Wakeling from the Guitar Speak podcast, and he's keen to come on. I talked to Rob Rhodes, um, from the Musicians Inn. And he's, you know, we talked about him a few times before. He's keen to come on. I haven't talked to Mark from Kink Pedals, but we were talking about mm. maybe getting him on. Uh, sure. Um, so there, there are a few guests coming up eventually. We just need to get organized. And need, I need a few more hours in a, da uh, in a day. Hours? Maybe an extra day in a week. Um, 
damn smart mm. weather. I know, right? Uh, but yeah, on that note, uh, what should be the word? Patch bay. There you go. Patch bay is the word for today. Magic. Yes. Magic patch bay. Magic patch bay. Um, so if you listen to the podcast all the way to the end, thank you so much for listening. Uh, let us know if there's any particular topics you want us to talk about or like that email from, I forgot his name, uh, Parker Jones. Uh, if you have any questions and stuff, just send us an email, superfunawesomehappytime.gmail.com or go to the social medias and send us a message. We're always um, you know, happy to uh, 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 answer questions and, and all that sort of jazz. So uh, please do. Hang on, I'll just quickly check if anyone's messaged us here because I haven't checked it for a while. Huh. No. Cool. So, uh, yeah, on that note, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, it's been fun hanging. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks for, uh, you know, listening to us talk about crap. Uh, and see you in the next one. Cool. See you soon. Bye. Bye.